Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 84 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here. Today, my guest is Jordan Kuhn. He's a partner and designer at Brethren Design Co. Jordan lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the other partner for Brethren is his brother, Jeremy, who's located in St. Louis, Missouri. Jordan was in a punk band in his 20s, and that skate culture, music culture, was his introduction to design. During this episode, we talk about the remote working partnership with his brother and how that process works for them. We talk about finding your place in the design world. Jordan tells us a story about a web design project that went totally sideways with an agency that he was working with. We talk about Pepperoni Porter. Yeah, we do. You'll have to listen to see what that's all about. Jordan also tells us about the Deja Vu lunch and his Ask It Forward question is all about the bang bang. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a fun one. So let's get to it. Jordan Kuhn. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Jordan. Thank you for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm excited to have you on the show, so let's get right to it. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Um, my name is Jordan Kuhn. Um, I'm a designer and design partner, I guess, at Brethren Design Co. that I run with my brother, Jeremy. Awesome. And where are you located? Where's Jeremy at? I am based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and my brother lives in St. Louis, Missouri, and we just kind of, you know, uh, use the cloud and communicate over the phone and do our things separately but together the cloud the cloud (laughs) (laughs) that's great so you guys get on facetime or skype or how do you guys connect um we usually just kind of talk things over on the phone and Mm -hmm. um we use we use the libraries all the time with uh the adobe suite and Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun because we can throw stuff in there and edit each other's stuff and we kind of find ourselves like fighting for art direction, like when we get a new project, yeah, uh, you know, because one of us will kind of set the tone, and uh, yeah, we kind of battle it out at the beginning. It's fun. <laughs> Perfect. It's all in the if you know for the greater good of good work, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Perfect. Um, how long have you been doing Brethren for? How long has that been running? Um, I would say a, just over a year, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, we both work full-time job still i'm at a design agency and he's a creative director at like a a apparel company that does fraternity and sorority merchandising (laughs) and so we both kind of like found instagram and would post our own personal things and that kind of led to us getting freelance projects on our own and then one day we were like why don't we just do this together Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how that started so it's been about a year and a half working together and it's been great that's cool. And you guys are both still working full-time in the industry while you're developing that? Yes, we are, which is – it can be challenging, but um, it's it's nice to have the security of the day job, and mm-hmm. uh, then we can kind of pick and choose what projects that we take on mm-hmm. and um, just be a little selective about it and not have to worry about 
you know, having a steady income on just freelance work. Definitely. I hear you there. Um, so I want to dive a little bit further back than that. And I want to ask you about your childhood. Do you feel mm. that you had a creative childhood that led you um, down this career path? Um, for sure. I think I always go back to my brother and I, like we used to always draw together and skateboarding was something that he did and was really good at. And I was always kind of like scared to skate. So I would like film him. We would make videos and kind of the art from the skateboarding world, like looking through the CCS, like manuals and like seeing all the skateboards and stuff, I think kind of led us like my, at least both of our interests into design. And Mm -hmm. Jeremy really pursued art a lot more than I did uh, through high school and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So then he was pursuing that through high school. You uh, were looking into other things and then it was after high school where both of you really started going down that path. Yeah. He had like the traditional route of uh, going to school like for design right out of high school. So he went to college for design and I was playing in like a, punk rock type band and Mm -hmm. I did that all through my 20s and I started kind of making shirts and stuff for my band and uh, ended up finally deciding music wasn't for me and design might be a little bit more up my alley Mm -hmm. so I I started I'm 34 now I didn't really start design till I was about 28 I would say Mm -hmm. got it yeah, that skate and um, sort of punk band culture, that mm-hmm. is like an inspiration to a lot of designers getting into the field. Yeah, for sure. Really it's like surprising. So many designers are like ex-musicians. It's funny. <laughs> ex-musicians, ex-skateboarders, uh, snowboarding uh-huh. is another one. Yeah. Got it. So was there a moment in your in your sort of trajectory through elementary school or high school where you really started noticing design in the world? Um, was it skate culture or what did you start seeing? It was definitely skate culture for me, like um, kind of brands like toy machine. Uh, like they always had like these cool monsters and like spitfire. So all skate brands had this big graphic appeal that, I mean, I didn't notice it as like design. I, I more just thought about it as like art And then with my brother kind of going to school through design and then even as I was playing in bands, working with designers to do like album covers and things like that, I started to realize there is a process to design and there's a lot more to it than just like making art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, making things look pretty. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Got it. So is there one of those designs, you know, along your career path that stands out as the most influential to you so far could be something you've seen or just something you've been a part of. Um, there was like, I guess when my band did, uh, our first album, I actually hired my friend, uh, John Den. He, he actually does forefathers group. Now he lives here in Tulsa mm-hmm. and he had just started freelancing and we hired him to do our album cover. And for me, that was like the first experience I had, like telling someone kind of what I wanted and then them doing it and being like, oh, wow, this is like a whole process and a whole thing. And that was kind of like in the back of my head whenever I was kind of thinking that I had more of an interest in design than I realized. Um, so I would say for me, that was like kind of a cool moment. And mm-hmm. looking back now, it's funny because... I don't know. Uh, 
even John and himself would probably be like embarrassed of that design because it was like <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah, and but it was it was a cool moment. Okay, tell me you have that kicking around the apartment there. Oh, definitely do. Okay, I need uh, to see that. You got to grab that. Yeah, I'll, I'll go grab it. <laughs> yeah, definitely do that. Um, <laughs> that's great. So yeah, that was the the sort of moment for you where yeah. you know that you know, you realize what is possible. Yeah. Got it. So I want to know some of the designers and brands that you look up to or closely follow and what you like about them. Um, definitely. Like I mentioned, just because of knowing John and seeing forefathers, the stuff they do. And like, they always write these cool blog posts about kind of their process or thought process. I remember they did a thing. It was like the no revisions policy, and kind of posted that and everyone was like holy shit like how can you do this and Mm -hmm. i just think that kind of stuff is cool also i'm a part of like i was a part of our directors club in tulsa and they always have guest speakers come out so seeing all these different designers from different walks of life they brought people like aaron draplin came out and spoke and Mm -hmm. you know someone like him who's so true to himself and you know, it was relatable to me just out of skate culture and like kind of being himself and a loud person. And so people like that. I also, um, I mean, with Instagram, there's so many designers out there that I loved. And, uh, I also like guys that do styles that I could never do. Like there's a guy named Peter Voth who does these really nice illustrations that, I mean, it's almost like he could design a new dollar bill, like just with the intricacies that he has mm-hmm. in his design. So, yeah, inspiration all over the place. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your process. Now, most guests tell me that their process is not unique. It's not special. Um, but I want to hear a bit about yours and what makes yours yours. What makes your process yours? Um, you know, it's always been kind of like experimentation, Um and it changes all the time, but I mean, option drag, everything is kind of like, <laughs> like a mantra of whenever I'm working on something new. Um, you know, there are times like I work with an iPad or we'll sketch things out, but a lot of times too, I go straight to the computer and just kind of like, even with type, you know, there's like different process that I'll do for type or illustrations. And then that's been kind of my brother and I like our plan of attack after we kind of talk and brief a client and really get a feel for what they're going for. Uh Uh, We just both kind of like bring an idea to the table and then sometimes uh, we kill one or we keep them both around and mess with each other's work. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the way we've been handling um, like branding and like apparel design. Got it. So you guys kind of both, you know, talk together about the idea, then, you know, individually come up with your own concepts. Yeah. Bring those to the company table. Yeah. And sort of pick them, pick them apart at that point or sort of who's got the best argument. Does it make sense to keep both or pursue one? Yeah. And we always do that internally first. Like typically when we work with the brand, we actually only pitch one concept mm-hmm. and uh, which can be risky because we will flesh it out pretty, pretty thoroughly, mm-hmm. like a full brand with like some sub marks and like other like situations where their brand would be present and even things like taglines and typography and color. Like we just pitch one. 
So we take a lot of time kind of thinking about all of that and we go back through and we present and, you know, kind of make the points of what they had talked about and what they had told us and how that kind of like sits with what we're pitching. So that's kind of how we do that. It's, it's risky. And when you're pitching clients, is this an, like, it would be challenging to do this as an in-person thing. How are you doing that? It is, um, especially because we work remote. So, and a lot of the clients that we work with aren't local to either of us. Um, we, so we just create a deck and we put in writing there and we kind of set the expectations before we present too. So they kind of know what they're getting. And we've been lucky enough that we're starting to find people who, who are like, we like what you guys do. Or we kind of like what you did with this or that. Mm-hmm. And we want you to do that for us. And so we've been fortunate enough. And since we are like kind of picking and choosing who we work with, we kind of know ahead of time that, we're on the right track with the right type of person. Mm-hmm. Got so it. expectations, yeah, expectations are kind of set a little bit. Yeah, so they come to you with a pretty good idea, and you guys sort of flesh that out and add your individual brand style and design thinking to it. Yes. Got it. So, Jordan, the next couple of questions that I have for you take you down part of your career where you've made some mistakes, you've learned some lessons, mm-hmm. um, maybe together with your brother in the in the brethren form. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Um, mm-hmm. So what's been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Well, I've worked at a few different agencies and I think the most challenging thing as a designer too, is kind of finding your place. And I was working at this small shop and there was really like, you know, three of us besides the two owners. And just one Friday I came in and they were like, we are closing doors today. (laughs) You, your job, no more. And, you know, that kind of put me in my place. Like, damn, this could all go away at a certain point. You know, when you kind of put your eggs in one basket. And so I was out of a job for two weeks. And in the midst of that, I'm like, I need to focus on myself as well while I'm working at agencies. Uh And I, I ended up taking a job at uh, an agency that they work on a lot of guns and like, I'm not like against guns, but I'm not like real into them. Uh It's kind of like uncomfortable. I already knew going into it, this was probably not the place for me. <laughs> I mean, I even had a meeting where the creative director came in with a shotgun and like handed it to me. <laughs> and I like go around the room, oh my like gosh. sweep across the room. And he's like, don't point at anyone you don't want to kill. And I was like, why do we have a gun in this office? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I only, I only worked there for like two months. Yeah, so you you knew pretty quick that it was not the right spot. Yeah, so like I guess the challenging thing is like finding kind of where you fit in, and um, if you think you know, you probably do. You're probably right. Like if you think you're not going to fit in there, you're probably right. And and to just focus on focusing on myself a little bit on the side mm-hmm. as well as you know, because I mean, the only one that's going to look out for you is yourself. So when you say focusing on yourself, do you mean on the freelance design side or do you mean sort of your health and wellness? Um, I would say both. Uh, health and wellness is super important. And then career-wise and design-wise, like finding what you want to do. Um, because, I mean, design is a job. 
Um, but you know, so your happiness is important as well. And I don't know, being in agencies where there's like toxic environments and, um, being a part of situations like that kind of is one in the same mm-hmm. as mental health and career wise. So kind of having the backboard of like creating something for yourself, I always find it for me, it helps me mentally. And mm-hmm. then also in my career, I feel like now I have something to lean back on, which is my brother and I. Mm-hmm. So then through that, like showing up for work and saying, Hey guys, you don't have a job. Showing, yeah. <laughs> showing up yeah. for that <laughs> yeah. and sort of the spiral that that put on that time of your life. You learn to really look after yourself and what yeah. feels right for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you never know what's going to happen. So uh, it's just kind of having a, an escape plan or a plan B mm-hmm. with, within the same career. <laughs> Got it. Um, I want you now to tell us a story about a design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Can you take us to that story and what that was like? Yeah, this is actually at the same place uh, <laughs> that that told me we closed their doors. And this project might have been like a huge part of the reason why they ended up having to close. Uh, but I, it was we were working on a website for a like a park type thing. And it was a, it was a pretty big website project. And I started working on it immediately when I started there. And, Mm -hmm. um, I felt like my boss at the time was kind of like holding things up and kind of just making everything take longer. And this is why I don't like working on web projects in general, because I always felt like they were never ending. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point to where, you know, I think we were six months behind schedule and our little studio space was really small. And there's a conference room that, you know, you can hear everybody mm-hmm. talking. And the client had come in and they were just super pissed about everything and about how late everything was. And the, the whole conversation was basically like a breakup. Oh, and boy. they just they took the site out of our control and took it back. And um, the site eventually went live with a lot of the work I did. And I was still like proud of it, but it was just one of those moments that you're like, Oh damn, we're getting broken up with (laughs) that. Oh man. So like sitting on the outside of that boardroom, listening in, how did that feel? Were you just like panicked or were you? Oh my gosh. In a way I was like, I knew this was coming. Um, and at least I'm not in there. And that, because this was like a local client who has a lot of opportunity. I don't it's definitely not someone in town you want to piss off. Mm-hmm. Like, we could have gotten a ton of work. There was actually a bigger project that they were promising us at that time. And I remember when they were kind of breaking up with them, they were like, yeah, we were going to give you that project, but we are not giving you that project now. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, to, potentially what could have kept that agency afloat for another year or so just kind of hit the fan. Oh, man. So... <laughs> So how long after that breakup meeting that you overheard was the agency closed? Uh, like how much longer were they open after that? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably um, maybe five months or so, mm-hmm. which is funny because the agency was also owned by a print shop or mm-hmm. they owned a, they owned like a screen printing shop as well. And that screen printing shop was basically supporting the dream of this agency. Oh, <laughs> and okay. I ended up, I ended up kind of like making shirts and working uh, 
on the print shop side as well as the agency. And I actually really enjoyed that. And I, I'm still friends with those guys. And um, it was actually, so out of all of that um, bad energy, there was also this positive thing within mm -hmm. the same building. So it just kind of evened it all out. That's cool. Yeah. What a wild ride. That would be. <laughs> it was weird, man. It was fun though. <laughs> um, what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Um, I would say with Brethren, for us, is, you know, time, putting enough time in or um, kind of balancing work and Brethren and, and our own personal lives as well. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to juggle. And, um, and I think we also, you know, kind of struggle – with finding the right people to do work with, like, you know, getting a lot of our work does come through Instagram or at least people that's where they find us first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of the best clients we have will, you know, come through our website and kind of approach us in that channel. But it's also just the time to kind of go through and decide, you know, how much time am I, am, am I going to invest up front? and getting a new client or pursuing this inquiry of work, that's, that can be a struggle because, I mean, you get everything from, you know, how much for a logo to someone who will actually tell you a lot about their business and what they, their expectations are. Mm -hmm. so. Got it. So are you uh, then as an agency or a, a studio with the two of you mm -hmm. um, starting to sort of develop deeper and deeper practices before getting started on a project? For sure. And that's one thing we've been implementing, like through probably the last six months, we've been like really strengthening that. And, um, back in April, we actually got approached by something that could have been kind of a game changer for us. And it was definitely something that we weren't, um, prepared for as far as like pitching, uh, or even scoping mm -hmm. because of, because of the level it was at. And, and I think putting together, that deck and that proposal format has really kind of like, you know, we ended up, we haven't heard anything about that job and we both have assumed we didn't get it. But out of that, we kind of like created this process that we need to be like stronger upfront about wow. how we're pitching and showing our work and creating proposals and just engaging with clients um, overall. Totally. Totally. All right, I want to switch gears here and ask you about um, a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing. Tell us about mm -hmm. that. I would say the last project that uh, we did and we're kind of still working on, it's with this company called Slice mm -hmm. Beer. And uh, they're a brewing company that, I mean, they're starting out really small and they contacted us and they owned um, three pizza places in the Sacramento area and wanted to start a brewing company. So they wanted to call it slice, just have a little bit of this pizza tie in for sure. Um, that's, a, that's clever. I like it. It's been awesome. Like this was around the time my brother and I were also like, we need to have better relationships with our clients and Russ, our main point of contact there has been super awesome to work with. Um, you know, we did like a whole uh, session where we talked about the brand and all their aspirations for an hour and a half. And, uh, you know, I feel like we're like friends now and it's just the whole project has gone amazing. And mm -hmm. like now we're working on we did this like cool pizza cutter tap handle like 
illustration and it's becoming a, a neon sign right now that's getting made, which that's my cool. brother, neither of us have ever had a neon sign made. So we're like super excited about that. And just seeing all this stuff start to come to life, like the crawlers and all the other stuff that we've been working up. It's been so much fun. So are you able to sort of brand them and help them name products too? Uh, that was one thing that we talked about in the discovery and I always, I'm pretty into beer and I always kind of had the feeling that brewers, you know, love naming the beers Mm -hmm. because it's almost like, you know, the songwriter wants to name the song and then Mm -hmm. us as like branding and designers, like we, I would love to name beers, but I, I, that was kind of like a hands-off thing. They did let us like kind of write taglines for the brand, like, uh, I mean, their tap room is really small, so they're like, they don't have a flagship of beers. They're just constantly rotating all these new beers, and they're focused on freshness and stuff. So we kind of came up with this culture of fresh tagline mm-hmm. that they really liked, and so the opportunity to kind of we have like brand messaging that we've done, but not really naming of beers or anything like that. Okay, am I the only one that hopes that they name one Pepperoni Pilsner? <laughs> that would be amazing. Italian IPA, you know, Sicilian saison. Come on, roll with me here. Roll with There's me. so many you could do. Oh my god! Even pepperoni porter. That would be cool. <laughs> pe- pepperoni porter. I kind of like, dig that. Throw that down in the next meeting. I'd buy a case of that. Um, that's a fun one. That's a really fun one. Yeah, it's been it's been really awesome. So Jordan, I want to know um about some of the tools and things that you use for creative for design. Um so can you tell us, you know, maybe even one or two design products, tools, website mm-hmm. communities that you just can't live without? Um Fiverr. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know the $5 logo. Twitter. I was just about to turn around <laughs> and say, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I take a Fiverr logo and then just kind of like revamp it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I love um, uh, my brother and I both use an iPad, mm-hmm. and actually my brother's more the heavy-handed illustrator for us. Like, um, so I, I bought the iPad first, and then I remember I went to St. Louis and took it over to my brother, and I was like, I don't know why you don't have one of these, and he was like, Holy shit, this is amazing! Mm-hmm. So we we both use the iPad Pro. Um, Obviously, Illustrator is a big deal. I also like, um, I love like the, what is it? There's Retro Supply and then True Grit. They do like brush packs and things like that that are kind of like awesome time savers on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one that my brother and I, we were like overusing at a time that, and I think it was from Retro Supply, but it's just kind of gives like a roughness edge to all your illustrations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we loved using that for like typography and stuff because a lot of times with like certain custom type that we do, if it's not straight from scratch, we'll take a, a typeface and modify it and then kind of giving like some rough edge on it for, you know, would be awesome. So I love tools like that. And Instagram is such a great platform to like find those types of things and uh just i mean there's so many design tools out there Mm -hmm. but anything that can make like work faster i think is always a good thing yeah no those are some great ones jordan you made it to the ask it forward question part of the show 
Uh-huh. I've got a question for you for my previous guest, and you get an opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask him anything. Um, so my last guest was John Stiff. He's a senior designer and illustrator at Ultra Creative in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They do a lot of licensing, uh, licensed work, a lot of cereal box design for big names that you've heard of, you know, Tricks. Um mm-hmm the honeybee for Cheerios, like all, all kinds of different things like that. Um, they're illustrating like star Wars characters on special releases and stuff. So they get to do some cool stuff over there at ultra. He wanted to ask, um, what do you listen to while working music? What music podcast, what podcast? It's funny. Cause like sometimes I'll zone out and listen to nothing. Um, but I definitely listen to music. Um, I have like certain Spotify playlists that I'll listen to mm-hmm. and I tend to kind of wear out albums. Like most recently I've been listening to a band called pop and they have a record called morbid stuff that came out this year. I've been listening to a ton of that. Um, and usually when I work, I don't listen to podcasts because I will zone out and stop listening. So mm-hmm. I like listening to things like podcasts on like car rides and, and, and actual breaks. Like, I smoke, so sometimes I'll go on a smoke break and listen to podcasts or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, that's a good question. Got it. But sometimes death metal too. <laughs> a little bit of death metal tossed in. Yeah, a little death metal. Yeah, and judging by the uh, Justin Bieber poster behind you, you throw that in <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Just full disclosure, there is no Justin Bieber poster. <laughs> wink, 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 yeah. wink. Awesome. Um, Jordan, what's the question you want me to ask the next guest? Um, okay. Mine is going to be food related. Yes. And I can't remember. I think it was Louie. There was a show and he talked about doing a bang bang, which I've been kind of really into joking about with my friends. And a bang bang is where you go eat a shitload of food at one restaurant and then you immediately go to another restaurant and eat a bunch of a second meal. <laughs> So you could be like, yeah, I kind of want to do a bang, bang. Let's bang, bang Arby's and McDonald's. Um, nice. So my question would be, and, and I guess it would be tough because restaurants aren't the same everywhere, but at least culinary wise, what, what would be your bang, bang, your dream bang, bang? <laughs> You're going to have to like explain all oh, of I'm going to preface this. <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, so here's the lead up. <laughs> this is a bang bang. What would There's be? Also, <laughs> yeah, I can't just come out and say what would be your dream bang bang. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's a porn question. There's also a deja vu lunch which I made up, and it was you eat lunch like let's say you get Arby's beef and cheddar at noon, and then around three o'clock you go and <laughs> eat the exact same lunch. <laughs> deja vu lunch. <laughs> yeah, it's a deja vu lunch. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to ask you, Jordan, what would be your deja vu lunch, man? My deja vu lunch? I actually somewhat had a deja vu lunch today because I've been kind of running around with my head off, and I got a McDonald's breakfast sandwich, and then I went back to McDonald's and got a McDouble at lunch, so I feel like a total (laughs) piece of crap right now. Should have just made it up. Yeah, I had a green smoothie for breakfast, and you know what? Went right back at it for lunch, green smoothie. (laughs) Oh man, that's my voice. Fun. My voice probably sounds fat over this. <laughs> Jordan, you made it to the end of the show. Thanks so much for being a guest today, man. It was amazing having you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it.
All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Everybody have an awesome day. Go out and get yourself a bang bang lunch. Why not? I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.